Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout the 1980s of slashes is Katie Watson. Hi. And Shannon Hollander. Hello. What are you drinking? It's a coffee. Nice. Oh. Yeah, yeah. In my head, yeah, it was yeah. something more delicious. It was nope. kind of chocolatey. Odie. I mean, it's got like cream and protein powder. It's a, you know, whatever. I'm trying to like make it a meal. Uh, an LA coffee. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this week we're in 1983. Hey-o. We are dealing with a film called Curtains, which gets a 5.7 out of 10 on the old IMDb. It's fairly mm-hmm. respectable. But if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Head on out to wearegeeks.com or better than that, because that website is stagnant. Go on to your <laughs> iPhone, go on to your Android, type in We Are Geeks on your podcast apps or on iTunes, rate us, subscribe to us. It helps us out a whole damn bunch because we don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads. And for the love of pervy directors everywhere, we're not <sighs> going to try and sell you any. Shady, you got this one. Come on. <laughs> Bulletproof <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Oh, you just, both of you just like scanned the room. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I forget can, we're going to do we, it. And then it's like, oh, sell. shit. What have I got? I got a sofa. Mm-hmm. I got a James. Well, I also think what of, else like, am what I not I've, selling? I always well, think just, of what Instagram has tried to sell me recently. And I'm I like, know. oh. Instagram is really trying to sell me, what are they doing? Copywriting classes. They really want me to be a freelance copywriter <laughs> for some reason. They keep telling the me hell? I'm going to be able to make six figures just by being a fr- and working from home as a freelance copywriter. And I think Sounds Instagram viable. is just telling me you need a job, bitch. <laughs> well, to be clear, Instagram is quite literally always listening. So you That's probably true. have mentioned something that it thought this was the right vocation for you. Oh, got it. Got it. It's, you know, it's Let's probably because it I've been hanging out with my friend Tessa. I've been hanging out with my friend Tessa, and she is a freelance copywriter, so maybe they've just oh, heard her. Honestly, hundred no, honestly, hundred percent. That's how Instagram works. It'll pick up on the keywords, and then it'll advertise you depending on what you said. So gross, terrifying, gross, terrifying. Well, so just keep key- your phones uh-huh. really close. And anyone listening, if you can bring your phones up close to your listening device, mm-hmm. don't take your headphones out. Do it on loud. And let's see if we can get everyone's advertising synced on Instagram yes. for the next 24 hours. Yes. What if I just, because they can't like advertise me really salacious things, right? What if I just always worked like dicks, vagina, <laughs> boobs you know, into like all dick. of my conversations and just see, <laughs> I just want to see They'll if I can change it now. Like underwear and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be like yeah. a lot of like lingerie and like adamandeve.com. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're looking for an affair? <laughs> then here's, here's Ashley Madison. Uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> Great. This is going right, to be a really fun experiment. <laughs> we're in 1983. We're looking, 
1993, what a great year to be in. Uh, oh. We're gradually crawling away. I'll tell you what, it seems slow. This decade, yeah, we're it really crawling does. through. It really does. I mean, we spent... we. We did two pit stops in 1991, though, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah, whenever you were um, like, it's 1983, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I thought for sure it was go, 89. <laughs> we got a long way to go. I'm uh, not even I'm, born I'm, yet. Yeah, me neither. I'm excited for some of these movies. I'm not born for another million years because I'm so oh, young. I am not going to comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's happening on things? Yes. Before we get to talking about the movie, we do like to look at the landscape that yeah. was that year, 1983. You guys went around for it, but maybe some of our listeners were. What could they have seen at the worldwide box office that year? Oh, man. Let me tell you, 1983, it was a good year. And there's lots of stuff like outside the top 10 that are like Scarface is 15. Don't be stealing the big my chill. stuff, Shannon. Oh, well, Scarface, a horror movie? Mm. No, I know. I'm just, I'm, I was forewarning. That was a forewarn. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I won't steal your stuff. Okay. Scarface, The Big Chill at 14. National Lampoon's Vacation at 13. Risky Business at 12. Mm. Like, those are some good. That's that a are, weird movie. Uh, yeah, Risky, Risky Business? Business is weird. Oh, yeah, Risky Business Have you rewatched that movie. recently? Yeah, it's, it's real really weird. weird. <laughs> yeah, I haven't rewatched it recently. I remember whenever I watched it for the first time thinking, like, this was his breakout role? It's so odd and also yeah. i feel another film as we might get into in this podcast that uh has some themes in it that are not like 2020 ready <laughs> yeah it's it's more like it's not having a good time like yeah. that movie like it's not a party movie it's kind of yeah. dark it is but, it's it's far yeah. darker than i mean that scene where he's like sliding across the floor and it, it, whatever it makes you think oh it's a party fun movie right and that's the famous moment from it but really mm-hmm. it's a lonely dark yeah, film but there's yeah. train sex so everything's fine there's train sex yeah he has sex on the subway oh i forgot about that bit yeah yeah. Anyway, was there any train sex on Terror Train? I don't even know if there was. I don't no, think there, there was because anytime people tried to have train sex, they died. It was a That's weird good. lack of sex on that train. Oh yeah, yeah. She tried with Lizard Boy, but that mm-hmm. didn't yeah, happen. yeah, she died. Yeah, but then yeah. starting the number she's ten. She's in this movie. Oh yeah, Did you that's notice? right. She is the she beautiful is. lady oh! from Terror Train is in curtains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll she get changed there. her hair. Yeah, she did change her hair. It was hard. It took me. I had to like look it up in order to be like. I knew I knew those boobs. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, those boobs look familiar. These boobs look so familiar. (laughs) Well, coming in at number ten, we have sudden impact. Hmm. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Is this is this the precursor to deep impact? I guess I was like, I don't, I don't know what sudden impact is. And then in my brain, I guess I was thinking of deep impact. I have no idea. But number nine. Sounds like, is that a Seagull movie actually? Or is that too early for Seagull? Oh, it might be. I don't know. I remember this being on our VHS shelf, but it was in my dad's section of the VHS shelf. So probably Steven Seagull. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, Clint Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Ooh, a rape victim is exacting revenge on her aggressors in a small town outside San Francisco when Dirty Harry, it's a Dirty Harry movie. Ah, that makes sense. This is why I wasn't allowed to watch this. There you go. Because Harry's so dirty. Because <laughs> rape victims should not be allowed their vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Let's see. Coming in at number nine, War Games. Ooh. Which, uh, oh, I was about to say this is a good movie, but I haven't seen it in like 30 years. I know. So I, I have a very vague memory of this film and liking it in that it was one 
Oh, James is nodding. Like, War Games is great. I, I don't remember War Games. I, like, I have a vague memory of it. Like, I feel like it got played on, like, syndicated television whenever I was a kid and we saw it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Number eight, though, Superman number three. Dang. Which one's this? This isn't the really bad one. That's Quest for Peace. Uh, Superman 3 was... I mean, that's still... It's just called Superman 3. 83 is still Christopher Reeves, right? Oh, yeah. It's the one with Richard Pryor. Mm. Yeah, still Christopher Reeve, but Richard Pryor. Yeah, not Richard Pryor as Superman. I was like, that would have been very forward thinking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That would be freaking great. Just Superman as a fantastic, like, as a black man with a big mustache would be phenomenal. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, and then uh, a great film, number seven Trading Places. Who is in this one? I forget. Trading Places, wasn't it Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? Yep, and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yes. right. Yeah. It was directed by John Landis. It is it fantastic. the Blues Brothers era. And then uh, number six, a uh, heartbreaker of a film, but it's so lovely. Terms of Endearment. Oh, mm. Terms of Pretty Endearment. Good. Oh, Pretty so good. good. Just buckets of tears. It should be Tears of Endearment. Oh. Do you know what the synopsis on IMDb for that is? What? Follows hard to please Aurora looking for love and her daughter's family problems. <laughs> what a so long hard line to please. of that. I mean, I guess you don't want to give away the cancer. but <laughs> what, a, what a difficult woman. I know. She can only be pleased by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, number five, Staying Alive, which isn't Excellent. that the Saturday Night Fever um, sequel, like sequel essentially. Yeah, it's, the yeah. Actual, it's, a, it's an actual sequel. I think a yeah. lot of people don't realize it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we're getting some, I think this is a James Bond, Never Say Never Again, number yes, four. definitely. Yeah, followed by yet yep. another James Bond, and at number three, Octopussy. Dang. Mm-hmm. Well, two yeah, two, in yeah, there a was row. some periods on where they had two in the same. That's crazy. I know. Sean Connery two movies in the same year. Is this a year? There was one year. Oh no, that was later. He he came back like he. I don't know if people remember this because I only know it's got to listen to a podcast where we went through all the Bond films, and I don't even like Bond, but I'm that just stupid. Sean Connery ended his era and they went into the next era, and then Sean Connery actually came back and reprised his role to remake one of the films from his era. It's oh, really fucking weird. And then they but it was under a different name. Oh, um, weird. But no, this is when he had two in the same year. That's crazy. I guess. Well, that's why I wasn't sure about Never Say Never Again, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a Bond movie. I know Octopussy is a Bond movie. Octopussy. Oh, well, yeah, well, Octopussy's Roger Moore. Yeah. So this, oh, maybe this was that year. This is a maybe job Maybe it was that year. Maybe this was Googles. when Sean Connery came back. All right, you keep going. I'll look okay. into that. Number two, Flashdance. Yeah. Nice. She dances so flashy. She gets water so poured flashy. on her. So flashy. Yeah. So flashy. She poisoned it on herself, really. Oh, yeah, she yeah that was the year. That was the year Sean Connery then came back, and it's a remake of Thunderball. Oh. It's really fucking weird. Like that and you'd they come back and. Yeah, called it so Never weird. Say Never Again? Yeah, and, apparently, and it's much worse. <laughs> like, it's yeah. really strange that they would go into the Roger Moore era, but then go, you know what? Let's bring back Sean Connery and do <laughs> a film he's already done when he was younger. Right. So weird. Uh, and then. Anyway. We have my favorite, 
of the Star Wars films. Star Wars, oh. Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. I loved Return of the Jedi. It's my favorite. Yeah. You can listen to a full podcast on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're pretty favorable. It's a fun movie. Yeah. I really, I loved it. It was to, it was 100%. I know people love Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, that that one's the one that is like revered, but... You prefer Return of the Jedi? I prefer Return of the Jedi. I think it's, maybe wow. it's just Leia in that costume. Her killing Jabba. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm into it. Is it the Yub Nub song by the Ewoks? Yeah, nub, that's nub. probably it. There yes. are there are a lot of Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, and they are adorable. So that's it. That's your top that's it. ten. That was number one. Yeah, although like I'm looking at this list, I feel like it's far more interesting outside the top ten. You got Yentol at eighteen. Who doesn't love some bats? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they had to make um, room for two Bond films. Apparently, I know. Yeah. Guys, that was a it's, long it's list of a lot of films. I know the names of. The blockbusters always win. God damn it! Weird. <laughs> um, all right, thank you, Shannon. That was illuminating. You're so welcome, uh, Katie. Yes. Who gives a shit about terms of fucking endearment and what? those difficult women? Oh, oh we definitely let's, have a polar scale here that we can let's work talk against. About some horror movies. What you got? So we're gonna start off strong with Sleepaway Camp. Solid. So just uh, yeah, as we go through it, because that's a slash movie. We nearly did Sleepaway Camp this week, obviously, because we're picking one film that represents the year, and then we nearly did Sleepaway Camp. One of the reasons we didn't is Sleepaway Camp actually has sequels, so it's like maybe one day we'll actually get to that one for other reasons. And I personally, I'm not going to say Curtains is a better film. I think Sleepaway Camp is probably a better film, but I think Curtains is a much more interesting film. So I'm just well, wanting. I think there's more to talk about than like Sleepaway Camp's been talked about a lot. Yeah, but it is true. worth checking out if you're a slasher fan and you're following us and you haven't seen all these movies go check out this one, that one from this year yep uh, we have Sweet 16 which I'm not familiar with yeah great great title okay cover not a good movie what about Tell us what Videodrome really yeah that's great Videodrome you never seen one. Videodrome you'd like all those sort of movies there's only so many hours in my day I don't, I don't know. So then we are moving us. into bigger names with sequels, such as Jaws 3D. Mm. I don't know, guys. I don't know about we'll this. We'll definitely get to that one time. We'll get to the Jaws series. We're keeping that one in the back pocket. But I'm, try- I'm really hoping one day they'll do another one. But I, I tried to watch I'm Jaws sure 2 will. a couple of months ago on regular TV, and it was a slog. Jaws 2? Yeah. Yeah, Jaws 2 is pretty boring. Jaws 3 really is a trash boring. fire. Like, it's a worse film than 2, but at least it's fun. Yeah. Um, we have Psycho Shana, 2. Shannon, what the fuck is happening? You're just I'm like... trying to get comfy. <laughs> Listen, James has the office space right now, which means I'm relegated to the couch, and there's just it's hard to get comfortable, okay? <sighs> For anyone who's a new listener, James is the older you go in Shannon's head. So. <laughs> basically watching Tyler Durden right now. <laughs> He's now looking very at me rude like I'm being interrupted. Him. Yeah, I'm so sorry. sorry I'm Katie. so sorry. Sorry, please keep talking. Very rude. About these wonderful movies. As I said, and then was rudely interrupted, Psycho 2. <laughs> See how long that took for a sequel to come out? Yeah. Yeah, that did. True. That was a minute. Like 20 plus years. Yeah. yeah. The other they night, weren't... or not the other night, but last month when I couldn't get to sleep and I was in England, I put on Psycho, put me right to it's sleep. true. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I do not understand you. Well, like the first 45 minutes-ish is pretty slow 
I mean, it's it's all about that build up to the first, you know, scary it's scene. It's a really good movie. But and that honestly for most of my teen years was all I got to see of Psycho because I my grandma had it on beta and I oh. kept trying to watch it when I would go to her house and she would come in right before she gets to the hotel and I was Stop like I don't understand all. she's like you're not allowed to watch this movie and I'm like why because she stole some money I don't understand and so it was a long time in that I finally was like oh she you spotted out of out of focus nipple on this watch I did mm-hmm. I rewound it several times so that Al could see as well appreciate it nothing I like more than an out of focus nipple yes I, <laughs> I prefer my surprised. nipples out of focus we've got another scary animal in the form of Cujo great film mm. Mm. he's a and dog he's a dog. big dog he's an angry dog so mad hmm a book that Stephen like, King doesn't remember writing because he is doing that much cocaine. Uh, is it like the Sandlot where he's like a big scary dog but really hard of gold? <laughs> I mean, maybe in the post credits, we're not sure. <laughs> it's like gotcha. Old Yeller where I think it's just rabies and they have to put him down at the end. Oh, oh. Cujo's just the opening act to Homeward Bound. <laughs> oh. It's like. He's just like oh, he's just on a drunken bender in Cujo, and then he wakes up. He's like, "Fuck, I'm so far <laughs> now, I gotta get home again." And then, last but not least, is Christine, which is a really great movie. Now the Stephen King movie, yeah, it's a good. Is John that Carpenter. about my sister? Yes, uh, she wasn't sister born yet. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh. Stephen King in 1983 wrote a film about your sister being a haunted car. Oh, that makes Very sense. Very jealous that and possessive haunted car. Oh, okay. Well, that's it's, it's a good film. It's okay. cool. It's very different. It's not as good as Fog, but it, I would put it in no. that kind of realm of John Carpenter's sort of like underappreciated, actually is elegantly made, but no, it's certainly not nowhere near as great as The Thing or Halloween. But yeah, it's worth checking out. Agreed. Uh, excellent. And well, there you go. There's a whole bunch of slasher movies in there. And then Stephen King apparently is big news. And into all of that, we get another Canucksploitation slasher. I know how we like going to Canada, guys. Yes. Um, what are we, the third time already this season? I, I Territory, think so, at least. Prom Night. Oh, Prom Night was before, wasn't it? But wasn't... A whole bunch of them. The Burning, Canada? No, no, that's American. But I think oh. they might have shot it bits of it in Canada, didn't they? I can't remember, but that's definitely an American movie. Well, yeah, it's an American um, movie, but I thought they shot it in Canada. Nobody can tell. And Growler? we have no way of going back to last week's Yeah, it doesn't matter. To find out. We're moving forward. Impossible. Forward only. Impossible. Never go backwards. <laughs> Uh, this was directed by a name that I can't pronounce. Richard Siupka. Yep. It's yep, C-I-U-P-K-A. Who knows? Sure. Why not? This was his first ever feature film. He continued directing until 2006 and is now a DP. Oh. So there you go. He was Written the director by... of this, you said? Yeah, Richard Siupka. Why does it say directed by something striker? uh-huh we'll get to that yeah i was confusing me yeah oh as john uh, and i was like oh i see what you did i see that well yeah uh, written by robert guza jr who did the story of prom night also wrote 397 episodes of santa barbara Barbara. uh that makes also sense wrote sunset beach <laughs> wrote uh, a little bit general hospital 1058 mm-hmm. episodes Just a little of bit. general also, hospital this also makes so much sense for this film <laughs> that wrote, it was written by a soap <laughs> opera writer 
Well, also wrote General Hospital Night Shift. Hey, yeah. Yes, that's where they take the scrubs off. <laughs> I really, I don't know what happens in General Hospital, but I assume they they wear scrubs. I think we're all presuming, yeah, that's much naughtier than it probably is. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> There's probably mild flirting. Exactly. And then DP'd by Robert Painter. This is a proper DP. This guy did Superman 2 and 3. We just talked about one of those. He did An American Werewolf in London, which is a friend mm. of the podcast, Justin Law's favorite movie of all time. He DP Trading Places, uh, National Lampoon's... National Lampoon's... <laughs> <laughs> National Lampoon's European Vacation. He also DP'd The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, and one of the best ones. Michael yes. Jackson's Thriller. It's really underrated, um, that one. Everyone goes for Christmas Carol, but you guys got to go check out Takes Manhattan. It's so good. I agree. Christmas Carol is great. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did Thriller, and he died in 2010 at the age of 82. Mm. And music by Paul Zaza. Do you remember that guy's name? Oh, yeah. Why do I remember that name? Well, yeah. Well, you should. He did Prom Night. Yes. Prom Night. Prom Night. Prom Night. <laughs> he also did My Bloody Valentine. Nice. No! Shannon's favorite. No! <laughs> uh, he did Porky's. Oh, oh that my makes God. Sense. He did A Christmas Story and he did Prom Night 2, Prom I Night 3, The Last Christmas Kiss, and Prom Story. Night 4, Deliver Us From Evil. Yes! So prom he is Night Canada's Prom Deliver Us From Evil? Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but I actually watched all of those for our Prom Pun Night intended. podcast. So. It sounds like that series goes off the rails. Uh, yeah. Well, I briefly went through them, but I can't blame you for blacking that out because I, I have. Mm-hmm. Prom Night 3, I think it is, which is called The Last Kiss here, I, I believe. I think it's that one. Is also just known as Bugs. <laughs> uh, gross. Uh, anyway. What? This movie is starring Samantha Egger as Samantha Sherwood. Um, just quite a actress. She's in uh, The Collector, mm-hmm. which is based on one of my favorite books of all time, which came out in the 60s the john fowles book uh she was in the phantom and she did voices in uh prince valiant the cartoon do you remember that nope oh, no one remembers prince valiant honestly one of my favorite opening probably my favorite opening cartoon oh you showed me the opening of the 80s and 90s yeah it's like very peter gabriel it's oh! fucking brilliant and she was the voice of hera in hercules what i was getting oh, to nice. that guy sorry i got excited i got excited <laughs> She continued to work till 2012, and yes, she was. Uh, she's British. We also have Linda Thorston as Brooke Parsons. Um, she re- went on to replace Diana Rigg in the Avengers, not Marvel Avengers, but the UK ones with the hat and the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And then she's also in the UK's Emmerdale, which is like a daily soap thing we have here that's a bit like EastEnders. And she's still working on the Hardy Boys. Oh. Um, and she is Canadian. The Hardy Boys are We've still got- going? Yeah. That's what my notes say. Weird. Um, we got Anne Ditchburn as Lorian Summers. She stopped acting in 1989. She's Canadian. We've got Lynn Griffin as Patty O'Connor. Uh, she was in Black Christmas, which one day we'll get to cover. Uh, she is Canadian. We have Sandy Curry as Tara DeMillo, who was, yep, everyone's crushed from Terror Train. Yep. Um, she stopped in 1988. And as we said before, she died sadly in 1996. We've got Lesla Donaldson as Christy Burns. She was in Happy Birthday to Me, which me and Katie have watched. That's pretty cool. Slash movie. And yep. she's also, even right now, she's in The Handmaid's Tale. She's Canadian. Oh. And then we've got Deborah Burgess as Amanda Teuther. She stopped in 1999. And John Vernon as Jonathan Stryker. Right. Who, if you believe the credits, directed this movie. Right. John Vernon, of course, was Post- in... Posthumously, however you say that. 
Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Uh, he, he was in Dirty Harry, Animal House, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Airplane 2. He was also Canadian and died in 2005 at the age of 72. And also, blink and you miss it, a character called Matthew, played by oh, Michael yeah. Wincott, who I immediately, as soon as he staggers in quietly in the background like a strange sex slave. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that's Michael Wincott. He was the main baddie in The Crow, which was a big part oh. of my life, and would be the main baddie in Strange Days. He was one of the main characters in uh, Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man, which is my favorite Johnny Depp movie. And oh, Steven Spielberg, yeah. kind of abomination, 1492. Mm. Yeah, uh, he definitely he's, he's, has like no, the most fun in this film. Yeah. He gets to <laughs> yeah. ride snowmobiles and be in the hot tub. He gets to ride <laughs> he snowmobiles to and gets to anything. ride the beautiful one for Terra Train. Yeah. yeah. Budgeted at $3.7 million. Um, uh, again, wait, wait, not wait, adjusted what? for inflation. How, How much? $3.7 million. On what? <laughs> there's a lot of actors here and they have a house. And there's a cupboard at the end. Oh, my God. And they had a hot tub. That's true. That would have come with the house. They didn't bring in the hot tub. I mean, and these aren't not, you know, these these aren't people who aren't talent. There are a couple of actors here who have acted before, you know, and you got a good DP. All right. All right. Box office. Nobody knows. Oh, no way to find out. I'm sorry. Uh, But this movie was a rocky one. So this was produced by a guy called Peter Simpson, who was one of the producers on Prom Night. Um, And he wanted to make... I can't not. I, left, I can't. If, I left if the gap Shannon there, is ever hiding case. from you and you're trying to like find her in a house to murder her, that's all you, you gotta don't say do. Marco, if you, you can't say find her, night. you just go like prom night, prom night. <laughs> She'll just expose her. We just, I mean, God willing, none of us are gonna have kids. But if any of us do, can we just teach them instead of Marco Polo? Now it's the prom night game. That's how you do. Right. <laughs> Done. Done. Um. All right. Yeah, he had made prom night. He wanted to make another hugely successful slasher movie. Uh, who would we all? But <laughs> yeah. he didn't want to follow in the footsteps of the flop Terror Train, oh. which he called "quotes a failure of a teeny bopper horror film." Oh, uh, he wanted to make a slasher that was aimed for the adult audience. Mm. Mm. So they cast uh, yeah Samantha Egger, um, and the director uh, was very intimidated by her. He said she hardly spoke because she was a big, big time actress, uh, but it was never a problem. And she was very good with everything. She said the characters were vaguely drawn and the end result was awful. Yes! <laughs> um, different perceptions there. Well, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, it's like she's not talking because she hates being there. <laughs> and she realized the mess she got herself. That's whenever you spend every moment off camera just going what the fuck am i doing what the what did, <laughs> where is my agent how the fuck did i get into this uh <laughs> that said shannon will send audition roles for jonathan striker anytime right <laughs> so yeah jonathan striker was actually based on a actor and writer uh that was very famous from 1921 until 1991 uh which was klaus kinski who many of you may have heard of. He actually oh. played, his probably most famous thing people know him from, is he plays Dracula in Nosferatu. Oh. Oh. That is him. And that is who Jonathan Stryker is based on. And he was How did alive. he feel about this portrayal? I know. I don't know. I don't think, I doubt he ever even watched it. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yikes. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so they're based on a story with him and his life. They began shooting on November the 10th, 1980 in Muskoka, Ontario, Ontario. They had a lot of production troubles, and we're going to get to those mostly at the end of this podcast, because it's once they thought the film was done. Oh. But it did stem from a big clash between the director and the producer, Peter Simpson, because the director wanted an art house thriller, and Simpson wanted a slasher film, albeit for, for adults. Hmm. Uh, and the actors were unsure that even if the production was going to finish, uh, because things got incredibly tense. And then the film was shelved for a year during which time there were a lot of rewrites, a lot of reshoots, there was recasting done, uh, which is why you might have noticed when you get to the end credits, the end credits is, is not being pretentious when it's separated into act one and act two. <laughs> oh. Because there were basically two films made here. And we'll, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, that's fascinating. And also, as you're saying this, I'm like, this makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's always funny you guys watching them and then I kind of explain it and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Because so much of me watching this was like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? yep. Why is that there? What what happened uh, to that? Wait, did we just jump into another dimension? What happened? Basically. <laughs> so you two didn't get to watch this one together for the first time in the series. I, yeah. I did get to watch this with Tom again, which was great because he hadn't seen this one. And yeah. I, I had that with him throughout where he's like what what, what the fuck is happening yeah. <laughs> such a bizarre bizarre movie it is he placed the bet on five kills in this movie and two pairs of boobs yep see how that goes all right we open on the simcom production curtains literally opening i like it i like it i know and i was like oh a great crystal title card yes it is yes. the 80s <laughs> yes I mean, yeah, I like it too. It looks terrible, but I'm like, let's do it. Let's be different and weird. Let's go. Um, We open on Samantha Egger, who's playing Miss Sherwood. She's acting on stage, uh, which she has a British accent, which immediately makes us feel very different from the other slash movies that Mm -hmm. we're doing. And she's doing a scene as a character called Audra, uh, who's discovered her lover in bed with someone else, and then she kills them. And then we learn that the director, she's in like a little theater house and the director Stryker, Jonathan Stryker is watching her and tells her, I don't believe it. I know. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is going to be traumatizing for me to watch as an actress. <laughs> From this moment on, I was like, God damn it. And just having like theater school flashbacks. Of course, my directors never say that to me. They believe everything. I'm very believable. Hire me. I'm a great actress. <laughs> I'm not sure she's the problem, but we'll, we'll, no, we'll yeah. see. We'll not at all. But she is. She is acting her little heart out in this monologue. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I mean, you could tell, again, you could tell they hired a, an actor yes, for this role. 100%. Like, she's not acting, acting. She is fucking just being Samantha Egger doing her job, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and now we're at some weird English looking house with a fancy classic car. It just doesn't feel at all like a slasher. And I'm going to say right now, this movie I'd heard about Rumbles for many you know, decades watching slasher movies. It's not held up as a classic, but it is kind of grown to be this cult classic now uh, because it was kind of lost and one of those ones you know, people overlooked a lot and it does have some striking imagery that we'll get to. And particularly for one scene is why this film's known of, which we, we will get to. But every time I tried to sit down to watch this movie, I would get to this point and I'm like, I'm fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it took me about seven times to watch this movie because the opening just doesn't feel like anything that I want from a slasher film. But then when you get past this, it does gradually, gradually get to being a slasher film. Albeit it's still a very strange one. Well, it's, no, it's just, just such a, a weird build. setup. 
Like, it's so... And how they film it, too. We'll get to it, I'm sure. It's very odd. I was just like, I don't know what we are setting up here. <laughs> it's very, very, very bizarre. And yeah. you're not meant to be in on it yet. So basically, they've come to convince a doctor to commit her right. um, to... Sorry, what do you mental health to institute? A mental hospital, yeah. like a she's gonna go full ward. method on this role. She wants to yeah. really get in. She wants to get into the mental health to the mental institute to really feel what Audra would be feeling. But that in and of yeah. itself just makes me want to vomit. <laughs> but it's it's fucking brilliant. Again, if you're gonna go with we're literally having curtains open, we're right. literally having her being committed to yes. commit to the role right. it's like okay everything in this movie is just going to be really literal and on the nose mm-hmm. and you know that's but it's you know it's a fun idea uh, yeah. the receptionist wants her autograph so we're learning she's famous um, even though the receptionist doesn't recognize her at first I know. <laughs> she's like yeah. some lady <laughs> <laughs> so strange that's weird. and i love it they're just sitting there having a just like relaxed conversation with the doctor and he's like, she doesn't look that crazy. And then she just grabs a paper knife and just well, jumps at Stryker. He says that he can't, she can't act anymore, that her acting days are done. And right. she like freaks out. Yeah. So she's she like, I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah, right? Audra has been shelved. Yeah, she's, she's Joaquin Phoenixing all over this role. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he referenced this. Yeah, this maybe. What's interesting in this opening is that whole thing of like, terminologies like gaslighting gets used too much mm-hmm. these days i feel in places where i don't feel people necessarily know what the word means here yes <laughs> like mm-hmm. he because it's they're going to make it implicit here that she has decided to do this he's like i think you're going too far but and, and it's her idea to do this but for sure he's psychologically yeah. programmed her basically oh, yes. to want to do these things um and the question's gonna be that's because okay let's go for it because there's a big question here of like does he already intend to do what he's gonna do or is it quite you know is it an evolution of his character where you know, that he ends up casting other people because he basically gets a com- well she gets herself committed we get a let's be honest terrible <laughs> sequence showing her oh in this God. asylum yeah it's so crazy bad. people are shown in a way that crazy people should never be shown yeah. but just says crazy people right Oh, like, I don't like the tickle the lady. Most... I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. I would... All right, well, let's. this is the list of what we have. We have the one who steals jigsaw puzzle pieces. <laughs> right? The, 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 the like, one... doesn't run away. She just holds it. Like, I got it. <laughs> the one who pops out and tickles you. I don't like her. She was freaking me out. The one who throughout the night just screams <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Uh, just tons of close-ups of people just laughing. Yeah. And yeah, she's like watching herself on TV and then they're all noticing she's on TV. And it becomes this big montage of her like having chats with Stryker when he comes in to visit her. There's actually, every now and then there's these really nice lines in this. I realize line, yeah. which is like, even their laughter is sad, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is kind of nice. But yeah, so Stryker's come, say hello. Eventually he stops coming because she's just stopped interacting, basically. Like we have this scene of him like there to talk to her and she just doesn't even seem to notice he's there anymore. And she's slipping into the insanity that she's surrounded with. And yeah, then he stops visiting her. She just seems to be now stuck in this psychiatric ward. But we don't really know because we don't get anything to get inside her head. I don't really know what's going on. Well, and she's like, she's taking the medication they give her too. So like she's taking the sedatives. She's like fully in this. So at this point, I was just confused as like, maybe she really is crazy and this is 
the ruse to get her to commit herself. Like, I was so confused by the motivations that were of what was happening at this point in the film. And then there were tickle parties and it was awkward. (laughs) Well, and then, like, normally you would have a psychiatrist on staff who you have to go in and have regular meetings with. Right. And so, like, that is where we could have gotten some inner feelings from her and yeah I I almost just felt like we were at a a girls camp with some weird people in it yeah because it's like why are there four people to a room like is this how booked this place is and it just yeah they didn't seem to do anything with the people like the doctor just evaporates after that one scene and I'm assuming he's still out in the hallway smoking dramatically right and so I'm like we should give this doctor an Oscar because he's seriously yeah he's on it yeah, because yeah. she attacks Stryker with a knife, and then they're like, "Oh, actually, leave us alone for a minute." Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? He's like, "Do you think that's wise?" <laughs> right? Oh yeah, she's just a woman. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, and she was in a straight jacket, so I mean, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to propose if you remake this, you cut all of this oh, because yeah. it's yeah. so much better. Just hearing, like, gradually finding out later in the movie what she went through and that she has escaped from this like psychiatric work we don't even see it happen someone sends her one of her female friends sends her a variety copy of variety which says that striker is holding auditions at his house right for the role of audra and she's so like stemmed on by this she just suddenly appears in what seems to be a female lover's bedroom yeah (laughs) right She's, confused like you just get this woman's legs it's so weird and it seems so suggestively sexual yes i don't know what's going on and she's burning photos of the women who as we're going to learn anyway who are going to audition for audra and i love this idea like i love this idea of like you see their photo burning on a fire mm-hmm. and then we go into seeing a snippet from each person's life yeah. however they don't have time to do all of them <laughs> i nope. know i was so Stop confused through they do three and then it's like oh and there's others too right. <laughs> we'll so, uh, that's whatever because James and I are watching this together so I was like oh well we know who dies yeah <laughs> we know who's we not know important who's not gonna make an impact in this film yep it's so weird it really is yep um but yeah but again I like I like all these ideas it's just the execution is fucking bizarre and it's just the longest wind up to a slasher movie it's like yep. wow okay because then you're presuming, you know, okay, I guess she's the slasher. It's so weird. You're like, you know, this is, you know, we learn from slasher movie logic. The opening trauma happens to the person who's going to become the killer. Right. And right. I guess self-imposed trauma is also trauma. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is kind of something interesting to say in terms of like, you know, the whole method acting thing and what, like, actors put themselves through and and how traumatizing that can be. And we have, like, real-life examples of that gone awry, right? Um, And all that. So I feel like there could be something interesting to say with that setup there, a self-imposed trauma, right, to, like, get the role and all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. It's just done in such a strange, weird (laughs) way. (laughs) (laughs) that like it feels so disconnected and I agree that it's definitely something that later on in the film you could just like trickle out this information right just trickle trickle and uh and start to piece things together because at least as this started I like one of the notes I have is like this is giving me like clue meets Dallas vibes (laughs) right yep 
And there's something that's really fun about that. And that sort of starts to pick up as we get later. This intro is just so weird. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's a version of this now that would be Knives Out or something. It's yes. just, this, mm-hmm. this, isn't, this isn't the way to do it. Right. But yeah, so we're introducing different people. The first one's the funny one who does stand-up comedy. Right. And she's giving us really the story. She's like six actresses going to the same house for the same part. And she literally tells us how the ending is going to be. She's like, it sounds fun if you like blood buffs. Yeah. We're going to get a bunch of hints throughout, which are going to reveal the killer to us, mm-hmm. uh, which they're pretty brazen about, which yeah. I appreciate. But I mean, my first time watching this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I did not see it coming the first time I watched this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I didn't see it coming immediately, but like... I got there. Like I this I turned to James and I was like, I bet it's gonna be her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like Right. I wasn't like sold on that. I just know enough to know that like they're gonna try and trick me. Right. And I, and I do think despite anything else, they do a good job of misdirection, particularly with her. <laughs> then there's another photo burning. This woman is a big star who's talking to her agent and this is her agent is amazing. I love this. <laughs> I love this so much. I love this so much. <laughs> Even better is the girl who's sitting in the agent's office, who's just yes. like, yeah, uh-huh. just, just like agreeing this, yeah. with him and nodding yeah. the entire time with her like <laughs> little bangs. <laughs> right. is, I fucking love it because she's all like, because <laughs> the, yeah, the big stars like, I don't read scripts without an offer. I know. And then he's just like constantly just like, he only wants you, darling. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not in I so thought- many words. I also love that of like you don't read scripts unless you have an offer. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's your literal job. Go fuck yourself. Especially bitch. with her like weird diva curl haircut. I know. Stuff. I was like, honey, yeah, you, you I, need to read. Like right. you have to go. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. No, do something with your hair though, please. Well, this is, and this is going to be one of the problems that, with the movie is like, even if we go with the setup, which again, nowadays, yeah, wouldn't happen back then, probably wouldn't happen. But even if we go with the setup of like actors going to a director's house for two days of grueling tests to see who wants to, you know, be his next star, the mix of people we have, we got a stand up comedian. Right. We get an ice skater who I don't, I'm not convinced has ever a acted very before. Young one. Yeah. Yeah. We've got an actual big hollywood star apparently mm-hmm. and then some other sort of mediocre sort of you know just people in between and it's well, like one's this a is dancer not... as well yeah the dancer yeah, one's a dancer yeah it's like this is this is just like a Pornhub bunch of categories this yeah. is not <laughs> an actual it was like, like can we just cover every uh style of entertainment that women are allowed to do <laughs> great <laughs> yeah as far as one wasn't just a secretary <laughs> i know <laughs> just that like girl at the agent's office <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and i think well, then we get another photo but we don't get to meet her that's the ice skating young girl and then we do see yeah, Samantha burning all these headshots, talking to someone off screen who's smoking in bed. And she says she's going to do whatever she has to do to get Stryker back. Yes. So now we're going to cut to another one of the women who we haven't been introduced to, but we're going to get the longest oh scene of a girl in a buff. Just nursing a tiny bit of wine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For a long time. And then we're going to watch a man putting on gloves and a stocking over his face. And this is like about a fourth time I watched this movie, I got to this point. And I was like, I'm not fucking watching this movie if this is our killer. So I turned it off. I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, he'd put, it comes on for ages. He's putting his gloves, putting the stocking over his face. He breaks in. The scene just keeps going on and on and on. 
until eventually, and there's no tension here, like it's not spooky. Eventually he jumps on her and then we learn it's all rape play and it's her boyfriend and she yes. likes doing different weird things. And <laughs> it takes I would love him to- 10 times longer to put this outfit on than it does for him to come because it's like right? four pumps. Yes. yes. I think they have sex. Oh, yeah. They it's have like very hard to barely. tell. The most anticlimactic sex I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then surprise, surprise, she looks dissatisfied, and he's like, "Oh, do you want me to go back to was it Pizza Boy or whatever?" Oh yeah. It's like maybe it's maybe it's not the rape play. Maybe yeah. it's that it took him four. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to see a slasher movie done now where the women is into rape play. I don't think. Mm. In some weird ways, this is maybe the most forward-thinking scene in the entire film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't really know how to think of this. You know what I mean? Because it's very odd. And But on the one end, it's like, she's into it. So, you know, whatever adults are in, whatever consenting adults are into, you do you. Yeah. Um, and that is certainly... And she's not naked Yeah, she's not scene, naked. Right? Although James kept being like, what woman wears a jersey like that? <laughs> And I was yeah. like, oh, that comes up in all of these films. We have to show. That's the how you show that right they're. Play, James. Right. I was like, well, that's how you show that they're athletic. <laughs> the right. girl next door. <laughs> Put them in something sports related. <laughs> I was also very distracted when she is in the bath. She has like bug bites or poison ivy or something yeah. all up her leg. And then it's on her hand and it's on her neck. Yes. And I was like, are you okay? <laughs> are you uh, meant I to complete- be filming I- today? I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, "Is that something? Is that why we're in the bath so long that we're seeing?" I was confused. She's I just agreed. soothing her. Elves. She's just yeah. I no idea. I think she might have been playing, role playing with many other men as well. Right. Mm. She's got the contagion. Um, yeah, she's going to be like, "I'm going. I'm I'm heading off to the to the weird house with the director who I've never right. met." Um, so I'm gonna go do that, and then we just pan across the room to this terrifying doll. <laughs> this is the moment that I was like, "I'm shutting this off. This is fucking Annabelle. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Why is this doll here?" They should Tom have a was, battle between uh, Annabelle and this doll. I feel uh, like that's a good size up. It's a spooky looking doll, it is. and so it just comes creepy. out of nowhere. And you're like, "What the fuck is happening in this movie?" Like right? we've been to so many different places. It feels like forever. It feels uh-huh. like we've already watched an entire movie. Yeah. Here's here's the um, note I took from my first viewing. The doll again. Is this Annabelle? Annabelle? Because Al, I think you legally have to tell me if it is. <laughs> that was what I wanted to know. Legally, no, I don't. I was God more like, was that doll there the whole time? He right? was able to perform with that doll in the room. Well, <laughs> clearly he was not. Well. Maybe that's maybe, what impeded maybe he just his did performance. And he faked it because he was like, "This doll, he's like, this doll, doll is me. crying at me, right?" <laughs> so, guys, this is the point. When I eventually pushed past this, and I'm not going to say there's a miraculous changeover, but when I eventually push past this, and we get to this next scene, as we get uh, one of the other actors driving through the rain, mm-hmm. and then she just finds this doll, right? <laughs> that they've introduced. It's not in the, the other actress; shot. it's this same blonde actress. Is this the same one? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I couldn't um, keep them apart. I couldn't tell them apart. So, well, this was like the only blonde one. This is the one that they ask about when they're like, "Oh, she didn't turn yeah. up." So. Right. Um, but they find the doll. She finds the doll standing upright in the middle of the road. Genuinely, a little bit creepy. Makes zero sense. Oh yeah. No sense yep. at all. Genuinely, a little bit creepy. The doll actually grabs her, and then someone drives the car into her, and she wakes up. 
and then gets got by the real killer who's there in an old woman's or an old man's kind of like witchy mask. And then that person steals the doll. <laughs> For no reason. He's like, what's happening? I, am, I, I was so genuinely confused. a little bit creepy. Yeah, like it's creepy for sure. But I was like, I don't, I, I know nothing. This is what I was like, did I drop acid? Like what has happened? <laughs> it's definitely popping back and forth between a lot of things. It's like, yes. I don't know what film I'm in half the time. Well, let me tell you guys, we're about 20 minutes in and this scene in the rain with the doll is the first scene that we're getting from the actual director and the actual DP. Everything oh, really? we've watched up to this point was not meant to be in the movie and <gasps> was not a part of what the director made. This is what? the first time we're going to see their footage. Yep. So wait, what was every, who made everything else? Well, who, uh... Well, I mean... We'll get there in the end when we see like what happened with this, but it's basically <sighs> the producer took over. The director left this movie and there were a lot of, that's why you get his knack too. And you'll see all the credits there in that second part of the credits list. Uh, but the main director did not get to follow through with what they wanted. This is where we start to see that, uh, what they were actually intending. So there would have been different setups for all this stuff. Yeah. You know? That explains so much. Well, let's cut to my favorite character in this whole movie, which is this gas station kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. We're not quite there. We're nearly there. We're with the, well, we see the fancy actor being driving to, driven to the house. Oh, yeah. Boring. We can't just the ice skating young girl just walking? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just going, <laughs> she I'm couldn't Audra. get a ride. I'm Audra. Am right. I Audra? I'm not Audra. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the fuck she came from. Like she's just like you just she, walked the entire way. She could well, she walked the fancy from LA. Lady just like drives past her. Right? <laughs> yeah. Bye. She probably lives on a frozen lake anyway, so yeah. she's nearby. But yeah, then we get the comedy girl who stops the cast and this like I don't know, eleven year old boy Maybe. starts eyeballing her butt. Yeah. Well, cause she, she's she's says, like looking for cash and she's like he goes, Well you could always work it off and I was like, Oh, Snap! Yep. yep. It's fucking insane. Hilarious. Fucking insane. She handles it well, though. Yeah, it's 30 minutes before we get to the house, which is fine. If it wasn't 30 minutes of just like, I have no idea what to expect anymore with this yep. movie. You know? Right. But we've got the five women now. They're all lined up around this table getting to know each other. Brooke is famous and says she'd kill for the part. Terror Train Lady says she would fuck for the part. Yes, Comedy she would. Lady. Get it, girl. <laughs> comedy lady says she would sell her mother into slavery and would go down on him and that's when jonathan Stryker makes his appearance that, that shouldn't be necessary but i'll keep it in mind uh yeah it's probably gonna be necessary actually yeah 100 that's the only reason Fuck to have no. six actresses come to your home to fight for a part who's gonna give me the better bj yep and then crowboy turns up like a weird naked lackey <laughs> <laughs> so Why can't we just put a gimp mask on him outright? Like this is ridiculous. He doesn't have like a single sentence in no, this movie. He does not no. talk at all. Yeah. I was so confused by him. He just like fairies in and out of scenes. <laughs> and he's not someone who'd be there. It's just like Jonathan Stryker is obviously a, a terrible sleaze, right? But he's portrayed himself as this sort of like I'm a lordly English gentleman yeah. kind of thing. This guy's looks like he's a meth addict from the back alleys yes! of detroit it's fucking bizarre well, and it's we're just... meant to assume that this is an old acquaintance because when what's her face samantha comes in later 
she kind of acknowledges him fondly or like at least knows who he is. So it's meant to, we're I mean, meant was, to think he's in Striker's life. Yeah, there was life. definitely, there was more of him in the original cut. Yeah. I know hmm. that. It's very hard to track down the details of what that original cut actually had. There's a few bits we'll get to later, but like, but yeah, he is now just barely in this movie. Just adding <sighs> so to the Stryker confusion. Tells all the women, the next two days will be unlike any you've ever known. Not all of you will make it. And then Samantha walks in. <laughs> and she starts staring the pop because she's like, what is happening here? But I do like that she's, there seems to be this sort of grown up sort of, you know, they both both obviously have an, an interesting relationship. I think you could do something really interesting with Stryker and her. Yeah. Um, because they do respect each other and they admire each other, but they also kind of, I think, love and hate each other. Mm-hmm. And even with everything that he's doing now to fuck her over, and we're going to learn later, he's stolen this IP that she bought for him. Right. <laughs> she still doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't want to open it up to the floor. She wants to keep that private. And I kind of like that element about it. But yeah, then we're immediately cursory see in the hot tub, Crow Boy's already having sex with Terra Train Girl. Yeah. Yes. Without ever having spoken. <laughs> Just <laughs> happening. Yeah. No words. Who, by the way, has pulled his speedos up very high. Like they're like they're really high up. They probably didn't um, have we, his size on set or something, and he was afraid they were going to fall off of that hot tub. Probably. <laughs> yeah, we do get some boobs, but very subtle, yeah. subtle boobs. Yeah, I, I have. They're very dark and mysterious boobies. <laughs> <laughs> but later mysterious we're going to see one boobies. at least very up close. Yeah. Oh yeah. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes under a very shaky hand <laughs> right jesus <laughs> oh i love oh, it okay samantha and striker are arguing turns out yeah she bought him the rights for order and yeah they're, they're having a girl fight about it while comedy girl is doing a weird sex puppet show with some cuddlies <laughs> in the other room I know. as brooke is just watching like the famous actors just watching <laughs> my question like, was did the comedian bring stuffed animals with her yes to this? <laughs> because otherwise why she get these? Right? No, she definitely did. What she the thought these hell? would help her get the roll. She puts her wallet and purse in the trunk of her car where she can't find it, but she remembers cuddlies to bring with her to an audition. Right. All right. right. Maybe yep. that's what's right. wrong. Maybe I need to start bringing puppets to my auditions. Yeah. Yeah. You need props. That, that you that's going to make the difference. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Ice Skating Girl walks in on them doing this weird sex puppet show. Um, we learn she's in training as an ice skater and she gets up at dawn to practice and then Brooke the famous one is all upset that there's such a young girl there and we're going to see some of her sort of insecurities about she's been a famous actress but now she's getting to an age where maybe it's going to be harder for her and she's definitely got some residue about that again though I like this conversation that they're having where the comedian girl is saying you know oh you don't have anything to worry about you're so and so and she says something to the effect of I've been doing this a long time and it never gets any easier. Like you're always fighting for every role. So I just like, there's so many interesting conversations that are happening, but I feel like they're all worrying past me so quickly and randomly that I'm not really sure what to latch on to. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I I think that you could do some great stuff with all these relationships. This just isn't doing it right, but I am enjoying it more now. And now I only knew this from the last time I watched it and looked up the trivia, but now knowing, okay, we're with the actual director for the majority of these bits. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's still edited up into, but it feels a bit more like we're seated in a movie now. This is what the movie should have been. We don't need 10 minutes of a fucking rape play fantasy. No, we don't need all the stuff in the psychiatric ward. Like we don't, Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, there's so also I like this is lots of great time. little lines and things like that that come in this moment. Like, I think it's the biggest, I can't remember who says it now, but the like, I guess you got to want it more than being loved. Like all that right. stuff that they're mm-hmm. talking. It's like, there's some really, there are, as you're saying, like some interesting motifs happening between these women and mm-hmm. interesting relationships there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sending so ice skater who's just apparently wandering around listening into everyone's conversations decides she's going to listen into Stryker and Samantha who are arguing about him leaving her in the asylum, and then she walks in on them. Well, Stryker's like opens the door, about to leave, and then sees her, and she's like, "Oh, it's just a play that I once wrote. Come, come," mm-hmm. and then ushers her through to her bedroom, right? Which we'll get to that in a second. And then we're going to cut and see the mask, the old witchy man, whatever it is. Now, do you see what I'm saying with uh, Terra Train? This is mm-hmm. so similar mm-hmm. to that mask yeah, in that is. section. Well, and it's also weird that you have the uh, the Billy actress here who wore the witch mask in Terra Train. Right. That's true. Maybe she just brought it with her. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, like I got, got something. One. And then a black glove with a, with, takes a sickle and starts sharpening ice skates. <laughs> You're like, what is happening? Oh, I thought it was sharpening. Oh, I didn't get that. I thought it was sharpening the sickle. Maybe I blinked uh, out. Oh, maybe. I didn't get yeah, it. Sure it could have been either or. I didn't notice. Maybe it's sharpening both at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe. Two hands. Getting the job done. And then we're going to just cut. And this is honestly, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I did not see this cut. We just suddenly cut and Strikers just fucked the teenage girl right who looks like she's been raped she's just like makeup smeared looks traumatized yes and he's like what the fuck just happened like her hair is all wet somehow yeah what just happened in here it is shocking in all the wrong ways and it's like the last thing was just he walks into a bedroom she's like sure that's a little weird did not expect to come back to this no so fucked up well especially like to come back to him like tying his shoes it was very creepy yeah i didn't like it it. just it feels really really gross it really 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 does and it makes it at this up until this point strike has been eccentric a little creepy but this is where you're like oh okay he's absolutely everything that's terrible about Hollywood yeah, basically. Yeah, 100%. Like, this is the worst. And he was having a full-on conversation with Samantha in this room when a younger actress walks in and he doesn't even say goodbye to her. He just walks out of this room and into someone else's room in plain sight of her. And it's just like, is this the reality of what would have actually happened? I didn't. It just felt really stagnant and I don't know. It didn't feel no, like none of it. None of it makes sense. Like we don't get any lead in. We don't get them having a conversation. Like Samantha's like, definitely the so kind of person fucked. that would have busted that shit up. She would not have stood for this. Well, yeah, and she notices it. Like she sees him coming out, and we definitely well, get. Well, she watches a kind him of like, go in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he like uh, presumably is in there for a while because all the other girls are doing it, and I don't. But I also felt. Yes, these girls want the part, but I also sensed in some of them that one of them at least would have gone in and checked on her after he left, knowing right. how young yeah, she no, was. Agree. Like, it but just that's what felt- I mean. It's like cut all this stuff from the beginning and give us more time here. Yeah, like, give us more time with these people having relationships and talking about this stuff, which is actually kind of interesting. And yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I'm not saying don't show striker like this, but then you're right. Like, give us more consequence and more stuff around it. Right. I will say, there's always a weird, like it's so hard in situations like this like even if you're on auditions together with like 
women you know auditions that are like out Mm -hmm. in the world public not in someone's home right there is all and depending upon the level of the role you're going for there's always a level of like competition there right so I could also buy that these women suck and that there's a level of like oh well you already allowed yourself she's because she's the like newest to this right like she's the one that sort of isn't an established actress so she doesn't know how to play the game as well so you already allowed this director to fuck you he already got what he wants you've you're crossed off the list you're no longer in line for this role or you're like traumatized and therefore aren't going to perform as well right so there could be some like level of competitiveness amongst these women that don't make them comrades (laughs) If you will, mm-hmm. I guess like yeah. with just all the different conversations, right. yeah, with all the conversations we're seeing and those relationships between, yeah, these veteran actors, I want to see that conversation happening in the kitchen later when right. she's making a sandwich instead of like, oh, well, we knew what they were doing last night. That's just such a blase way to cover it when you've had such interesting dialogue up to mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. It feels like we're looking through the keyhole to all these scenes and all these characters, and I want to yeah. be involved with it. And and what I like about this is like, look again, don't, this is probably the most icky in a certain way I've felt watching any slasher film is when you come back and that first time was like, oh fuck, what the hell just happened? Because right. it was so jarring. But it's not icky in the same way as like the burning is, where I you know they're proliferate. They're like saying, yeah, just keep persisting, keep badgering. Oh, by the way, here are boobs when you you're right. getting bored. You don't see any nudity here. You don't see the sex here. They're certainly not making it sexy mm-hmm. what he's just done to her. Uh, they're just talking about something that's very uncomfortable to talk about, um, which, I, again, I like what it's trying to do. It's just like I think we're all saying it's not doing it in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to cut yeah, to the next day. She's heading out to ice skate. This is the scene, by the way. This yeah. is the scene that okay. the film is known for. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Because whenever you were talking about there's a scene, I was like, it has to be the ice skating scene, right? It has to be. <laughs> it's so good. It is the ice skating scene. Uh, Crowboy's watching her, which is strange. Yep. There well, he was just out it's getting wood. And just I know, happened but to definitely like, There's definitely a version of this film somewhere where he is heavily implied as the killer. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Sure. I come, uh, well, and I kept waiting for him to be more heavily implied in this version of the film because i was like what is the point of him being here if he's not a red herring i don't understand (laughs) not just a throwaway line of like oh he disappeared right um you are gonna see his death on screen you just won't know that you did but i'll tell you about that when we get there yeah (laughs) it's quite brilliant and you're gonna want to go back and freeze frame something once once we get there oh great so she brings a ghetto blaster with her down to the uh down to the lake icy lake uh, and there's some nice shots here with the wides, with the sun. Mm-hmm. She obviously didn't do this ice skating. They got in yeah. a professional who could do all the wides. And she yeah. just did a couple of up close. But. Anytime she just did like a twirl thing, then they like cut straight up to her face. And I was like, I wonder if she's just on the ice, like just spinning around. Yeah. Right, 100%. <laughs> so well, funny. and you're, you're going to see a scar on her chin because she fell over in the ice like straight away. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do like, there's a good tone here. Whenever we pull to the wide, you hear that music spilling out realistically. You know, there's like an echo of it from the distance, which for me creates just more tension in these kind of movies. Yeah. It's like when you pull, when you're in close and then you go far away and you feel that distance and the isolation, it really works for me. There's a good atmosphere. And then the music stops. 
But in the context, uh, sorry, I was going to say actually a note here about the scar on the chin is to some people in the context of the movie, it looks like she was beaten oh. by Stryker. Oh. So I know people who've taken the wrong thing from the car on her chin. Oh. But that was actually just because she fell on the ice. And then she finds the doll buried in the snow. This weird fucking doll, which is just... Again, this <laughs> is where I'm screaming, or... is this Annabelle? No. No. <laughs> it's Audra. Um, well, this and is then the we last the time we get the doll, so it'll it go is. away. It's it goes so, away. Oh, so fucking weird. So weird. What? And then the killer begins to, as far as we can tell, the only time in slasher history... <laughs> We have an ice skating. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, In broad daylight. Yes. With like fluffy fucking, looks like handmade fluffy shoes on. Right? I know. I was like, what are these furry ice skates you have on? It's so weird. It's all so weird. But this is the thing. It's it's stupid. It's silly. But also the mask is fucking terrifying. And there's something about it in the daylight and in the slow-mo. Oh yeah, like brandishing how the she is, and it's just like that, like side to side motion, and I'm just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would be. Freaked it's a great out. scene, and it's really funny when you see interviews with the actors about it now because they're like, wait, people, what? A people know this film still came out. People remember this film, and they're like, and people like that scene. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> like everyone just thought that this movie was trash, and it's so amusing to them that people like now hold some of these things up in this cult sort of way. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, cuts the doll's head right off. Annabelle's dead. Thank God. And then starts slashing at her in the snow. It was a cool scene. I do. I will say with this film, though, like we need some actual fucking blood effects. Like if we had some yeah. of the gore from the burning and the prowler, like in here, it would be great. Yeah. Well, especially because there's um, so yeah. much white. So like blood and that ice and that snow. Like it's so. It should. And it doesn't even take much to do that, right? Like those are could be relatively simple effects but nope yeah but i no, like it for that reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're grinning she knocks over the killer runs away we get a long scene as she's wandering through the woods and then she leans against a tree against a tree classic gets got from behind the tree she leans against the wrong tree as well uh, yeah always they what always if she just leaned against a different tree? tree um yeah and tom remarked at this point i can see why this is a cult beloved film that's <laughs> mm. true Meanwhile, Stryker standing, leaning, looking out a window. <laughs> I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote Tom again here. Thinking, hmm, who can I rape next? <laughs> Basically, it's how he looks. That's how he looks. Yeah, he really just does. Staring he does. out like he hmm. does. Just uh, this actor in general just screams predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then someone asks about Ice Skate Girl, and Stryker says, "Oh, she's gone. She left a note saying she couldn't handle it." And which the other girl's like, yeah, couldn't handle what? Right. <laughs> you. But the four girls are ready to audition. They don't give a shit. Less competition, like like Shannon's saying. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk. I want to act. And some- I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get this scene, which to me is like, whoo. Samantha comes in. She says, she's the veteran. Yeah, I don't want to talk. I want to act. He tells her, all right, then just act. Mm-hmm. And says, she's so beautiful. She should make herself ugly for them. So he hands her the mask. And it puts it on and then says, seduce me. No words, just sound. Just your eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I had to do this in drama school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did do mask work, so, like, it's a thing. 
But this is the thing is like they're talking about, I mean, this is, you know, yeah, it's that rote. It's like very, anything yes. they're talking about here are the most rote fucking sixth form philosophy of acting and all this stuff. But it is interesting stuff you could do fun stuff with and the whole thing of like you're too beautiful, like become ugly and become right. you know, all this stuff. You could do great stuff with this. Instead, it's just every scene surreal. Yes. And there's a point when we stopped to like have a get a drink and go to the toilet. And Tom was like, I was like, are you enjoying it? And he was like, I don't know what's going to happen in every scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, it's I was like, like they this have is the too idea real. of it. They have the idea of something and then they don't know how to actually do something with it. Like here. Yeah. They get her in this mask and he's talking to her. And it could be like, you're not seeing reactions of the other girls. You're not seeing anything. And she doesn't do anything here. You know, she doesn't even Mm -hmm. attempt to do this thing that he's trying to get her to do. And instead, he's just like, oh, you're not ready. Like, you can't do it. And it's like, this could be a really scary, powerful, gripping scene. And it just is like, escalate, escalate, and then blah, nothing. Mm If you did this film again now, but with still a male actor as a director, which I don't know if that's the right way to go or not, I think it should be Michael Fassbender. Like you need someone who can do that. They can be creepy, but they're also alluring Mm -hmm. and they're intense and you can respect them, but you're scared of them. Like all of that stuff, you know? Right. But yeah, he like grabs her, like she pulls the mask off and he makes her look into a broken mirror. Says, this is a mask too. Right. God damn it. God damn it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Crowboy... He's off riding his snowmobile, having a good time. He's <laughs> just like feeling out, jumping stuff. I love this guy. He's having the best time. He's like, I got laid last night. I didn't even have to say anything. In a hot tub. This is where, where, change the filter. This is no where my notes are. Who edited this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did their best. Yeah. The Mars Slash is watching him, though, so we know it's not him. Striker then kicks a stool into the room that the comedy girl is in. I love this is how he announces he's entered a room. Right? <laughs> and then her reaction is, I'm assuming that means you want me to sit there. That is not what I would have assumed if someone no, kicks not a at chair. All. No. <laughs> and he doesn't say a fucking word. So she just keeps using jokes. He's not impressed. And then she actually gets all upset. She's like, do you want me to wear the mask? And, he, and, says, and then she's like still joking and saying, too bad. It would be an improvement. Uh, she says she's not on drugs. She's just on nerves. And then he says the whole ses- this whole session's not necessary. So she's like really upset thinking that he's already just discounting her because she's a comedian. Mm-hmm. And she says, why aren't I good enough? Because I wouldn't skate on your face. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. And then he smiles smugly in the most fucking asshole condescending way. It's like, oh, we found a little bit of order. <laughs> and oh, then absolute perfect. Yeah. The soap opera is like, you bust right yep <laughs> right says it like just enough to know that she said it out loud it's just oh ridiculous. it's so it's so bad it's so good <laughs> these scenes are just like it's like every scene it's just insanity yes it really yes agreed and it's also just like everything i hate about bad directors and bad like this idea of like let me push you to this place let me push you to this place all this sort of stuff and it's like oh so upsetting but plus i really feel like it's missing that because like in these big creepy old houses you always need like a staff or not a like a full staff but you need at least a housekeeper or somebody like you have a you need a mrs danvers who is like 
I love him. I would do anything for him. He's a genius. Like you need that person mm-hmm. who's then also going around the house whenever the girls are shaming him or questioning him. You need somebody there who's like, no, you don't understand. He's brilliant. Well, like, yeah. he's just trying other to get the variety, best out of you. Other than Variety article, we have nothing to reinforce that he's an important man. No. Like when they walk into that institute at the beginning, they shouldn't recognize her. They should recognize him. They should be right. excited to meet him. So then we know, right. okay, this is a big, important person. Yeah. But instead, uh, it's like, are you even anything? Like, it's really right. fucking weird. Anyway, Stryker thinks Samantha's up to something. And the famous short-haired woman, she's in her nighty. She hears something in her bathroom. She's in a nighty and heels, as you do. Right. Of course. And then we're going to cut to them. Re- <laughs> cut to them rehearsing the seduction scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about not knowing what's going to happen each scene to see. I know. <laughs> so, like, what? We just get a hand slowly embuttoning a woman's top to very sad Ugh. piano music. And then suddenly, Stryker's face appears next to the boob. It's so... This made me the most uncomfortable probably in this whole film. It's so... <laughs> And then he the gets right down to next to her boob and he breast. goes, no! Right. <laughs> or wrong or something. He like yells at her boob. I'd be like, excuse me. Yeah. She's not acting like a man seducing a woman. <laughs> uh, so terrible. As her hand's just shaking near the breast. It's so fucking, oh. Ugh. It's just like, what? What is oh. Yes. Uh, this is, is the point in the film that I was like, this is, is this just like rape porn like what is because we already have the like fantasy rape the one who's into it yes well yeah because she (laughs) but like to be fair because she has to she wants the part right so she's willing to do what has to be done and what she feels like has to be i mean the one in the opening who's into the rape play Yes, yes yes yeah but i'm saying that like the, just its inclusion in the film in general, right? And then we have what is alluded right. to a rape or a beating later, and then there's this moment that is so creepy, like, uh. And you're right. This is not like I can believe an 18 year old ice skater would be in the wrong element and would be tricked into something. Yes. I could believe Samantha's relationship. I can believe like a, the abuse of them trying to like you know. This is like no. Yeah. No two actresses are going to do it. Not like this, anyway. No. Like, you know, I can believe they'll do some nudity or something, but not in this way. It's just so farcical. It's like, okay, are we in a full-on comedy now? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. It's like, is this now a, a, a yeah, a, a satirical farce? Well, and, but almost like I the thing that I appreciate and hate about this, this scene in this film at, at the same time is that, like, because each woman decides to push it further you know what i mean or to keep going with it further then that means the next woman has to and if they want the part have to meet that and Mm -hmm. you know and raise the stakes themselves and to be fair that is how these predatory practices in hollywood have gone on for so long is because everyone just wants a fucking job and if she's not willing to do it you better bet someone else is you know what i mean yeah that sort of so i'm sure the creators of this film are not caring that much about because i'm looking at this in 2020 lenses right so like 
I'm sure the creators of this film are not trying to portray what is accurate predatory behavior necessarily or make a comment on it, but it it feels very I accurate mean, to some degree. I think they I think they are trying to make a comment on it because, you know, it's very prevalent in that time, obviously. But I don't think, yeah, they're not trying to make a comment of it in a responsible way. I right. think they're just commenting on it. Yeah, the, the comment the is just, just like, that yeah. it happens, is that this is realistic yes. and not that, like, exactly. this is a problem. And, you know, therein lies the problem. <laughs> but again, I do think, despite, you know, some bits of nudity and spite things like this, which are bizarre, it, I still don't... This is not sexual. No, <laughs> like, it's more cringy is, and creepy and weird. Yeah, it's surreal, basically. It also yeah. just um, feels weird that way. they're not all in these rooms at the same time. Like, when he goes to talk to the comedian lady, she's just reading a book. Like, well, right. and it, he makes this whole precursor of these two days are going to be unlike anything. And I'm like, well, they just look like they're on vacation. And every now and then you're like, hey, come in this, you know, audition room with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't seem to be a plan. No. To how and he's again, that's why them. I yeah. feel like a, a staff member of some kind would be really helpful here to kind of give schedule to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. We're back in the bathroom now with the, with the famous actress. And there is actually, we get some cool, there's a cool shot here with the killer standing behind the bath curtain who then mm-hmm. takes a step back and disappears. Right. Yeah. And then she screams because she finds the ice skater's head in her toilet. <laughs> I know. I was like, why? Why? Why is this happening? It is a crazy shot when she screams as well. It's fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. And she runs to get Stryker. He tries to convince her, no, you're just a crazy woman. Let me take you to your room. <laughs> um, and then he shames her for there being nothing in the toilet. And now that she's sufficiently broken and vulnerable, time to put on the classic Stryker moves. Yeah. Right. A little kissy kissy. He likes his women crazy, so yeah, he really does. Yeah. He's got a he's got a crazy fetish for sure. Yep. Meanwhile, comedy girls in the kitchen with Terra Train making a sandwich, which sounds like a good time. Yeah, really. yeah. Considering everything that could be happening in this house, that sounds pretty great. Yeah. Um, she says maybe Brooke is just like who said she saw the head in the toilet. Maybe she's just acting like Audra because she's that smart. She's trying to mm. get the role from under all of them. All's Clever. love in fair, so all's fair in love and auditions, she says, as she uh, stabs the bread. Ah! Uh, telling us, telling us she's the killer. Right. Like, there's a lot. They sign that language a lot in this movie. They really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Samantha walks in and sees Strike. <laughs> Sorry. I'm remembering this as I come to Oh, my to. God. She walks in and Strike is just sitting there already staring at her, smoking in bed, naked. <laughs> With the actress just lying on him. So my question is, how long did he sit like this, smoking cigarettes, waiting for someone to come in and find him looking very cool? It's amazing. This guy is on another level. Yeah, he really is. Meanwhile, the ballerina girl who I'd forgotten all about, to be honest, she's just kind of like disappeared she's doing a suspiria scene but also like a um, workout at the same time yeah his dances yeah it's quite interesting well and then it's just so weird because we get this long scene with her doing yeah this sort of workout ballerina thing to really sad piano music mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of nice and i guess this was hang on let me just check yeah this was a few this was like five years after suspiria so it's definitely got a little nod i think to that in there very, very, very see-through top, by the way. So after judges ruling from myself and Tom, boobs too. <laughs> yep. Uh, confirmed. Um, yeah. 
She breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Which is like, what is happening? This, and then gets uh, this got. whole section is all I have is what is this movie? What is happening? I, I, where are we? What is going on? It's Was like that changing a, the that, channel uh, yeah. to different films. And then every now and then you, then you change back. It's like, oh no, Striker's still doing his porno. Right. <laughs> like that's basically all this like. But, and the kill for this is off screen. It's yeah. like, this could be great if there's a fucking proper kill here. But it's just like, no. Well, and she's in an entirely mirrored room. I don't know how someone sneaks up on you. (laughs) Yes. I am just like baffled by every one of these kills. I was like, you just lean on a different tree. You keep your wits about you in an entirely reflective surface room. Right. And it's it's ridiculous. You don't have creepy giant dolls in your house. Like, you'll be fine. (laughs) It's so weird. Well, now things are going to change up. Samantha walks in to strike her talking with the actress who just slept with about Audra and she pulls out a gun Boom. and shoots oh, no. them both. Yes. Which again, the first time I watched this film properly and I got through it, I was like, oh shit. Again, I, know, I don't know what's going to happen in every scene. Right. <laughs> it's fucking great. Now, this is it, guys. So I don't remember the scene. Do you, do you remember it feeling a little bit weird because they fall out of the window? Yes. And somehow... Back inside through the window downstairs. Yep. yep. Yes. Where Terror Train Lady is standing. It's so weird. Is it weird? Yes. The only so way this weird. makes sense is if it's Jason doing the killing because he likes right. to throw people through windows. This is because they had to re edit. <laughs> the editor here was given an impossible task. When they started to remove certain things, one of the things they removed was the Crow Boy's death. Now, it was the Crow Boy's death was like the most expensive thing in this movie oh as God. his snowmobile careens off course and goes through the window into the house oh my god and they needed to edit in from a different point terror train lady seeing striker's body so she had the information that she needed and the editor came up with this idea of well this doesn't really work but how about if i cut like this and then we do this and then we zoom in on this and if you slow this down and I mean, you can just see it. You don't need to slow it down. But if you slow it down, honestly, it's worth doing. If, you, if you've seen this movie before, go back. People who are listening, check this out. It's fucking insane. Because they fall out that window. And then you're going to cut to the glass downstairs breaking. And you're going to see the snowmobile oh, I love coming it. in through the glass. I and then it's going to cut that. away and cut back. And it's just Stryker's body lying there. <laughs> I love it so weird i do need to go back and look at it because that's what i yes i was so confused by just like random bodies we'd see laying around later like because at one point there's the well i'm sure we'll get to it the like body in the jacuzzi which i was like wait is that matt i don't understand what is happening (laughs) (laughs) there's just like bodies strewn about and you're like i never saw them die what is going on? Natural causes just croaked. Right. <laughs> it's honestly a miracle this film exists. Right. It really is. So, and this is where we're going to change again, because now we've got Terror Train Lady. We're going to suddenly realize, oh, shit, is she our final call? Hey, yeah. Right. <laughs> she's not been around for nearly the whole movie. She tries to escape. Her car won't start as it's too cold. So she calls out to Matthew, but nope, he's dead in the hot tub. So she just runs to this adjacent building, which, oh, it's a TARDIS prop house. I was more just upset that she does. She tries to start her car cold. It's under like three feet of snow. And then right. gets like, oh, it won't start and runs off. And I'm like, well, yeah, you got to let it warm up. Like you can't. <laughs> you, it's been time. sitting there for two days. 
Right. Come on. You didn't even try twice. Yeah, this is no where it, like we take a real turn into like, and we're now in a fun house. What the fuck is happening? We are now happening? in a different film altogether. A hundred percent. I was like, what is this? So, My- just to be clear, we're out of the hands of the director once again now. Oh, great. That is we're very now, obvious. That is obvious. That now makes sense. into the producer's hands again. That makes again. sense. So she's going to spend a lot of time just wandering around and running around this prop house where apparently Stryker has kept everything from every movie he's ever done. Now, this does happen, to be fair. I got to go to Troublemaker and Robert Rodriguez has literally kept every tiny thing from every film he's ever made in these huge like containers and it's insane. Um, but it's not set up like this. Like this is just <laughs> a fun house. Right. And I say that my favorite scene probably in this whole film is her running through this and then she comes aco- across a tiny little taxi and she <laughs> yeah. legitimately... <laughs> tries to get like in her head is like maybe i could drive this away yeah and she looks and tries she like looks for keys and looks for the engine which is non-existent and it's like obviously a little prop car and i was dying yeah you're gonna drive it out of the warehouse the whole time i was like get in it get in the car get in that car Like, come on. So good. For God damn so And then you just see the killers just sitting in the back seat as well the whole time. I, uh, I knew she had tried a tiny car. Yeah. <laughs> no one can resist my tiny taxi. It's like, what? I mean, there are fake bodies. There's a working guillotine. Yes. And there's, yeah, I know, the guillotine. Taxi. I was like, the fuck? What is this? <laughs> you also can't have see the reflection of one of the camera guys in this scene. If you look closely. Oh, do you really? I also oh, that's laugh amazing. hysterically at this. There's one where it's like a mirror that's placed at a weird angle and you can just oh, see yes. his head like looking I intensely. This. And he's like in a blue plaid shirt. He's very obviously not meant to be in that shot. Yes. I think you'll find it's just where Stryker keeps his previous cameraman in the <laughs> warehouse. Uh. It's really funny. I think it's the boom guy. It's really yeah. funny. I have a vague memory of seeing that and and turning to James and being like, was that? Maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Who that? Yeah, she gets to the locked door and then we just cut to a sign that says dead end. Right? (laughs) Yeah, okay. And then uh, she sees this tombstone that has Audra written on it, which I'm like, what? I know. What are we saying? And honestly, again, the first time I watched this movie many years ago, Part of my brain was like, is it going to be a real Audra? Is that right. what's happening here? It's like there's a real Audra and maybe she was one of the ones who actually then like tried to get cast or maybe she's just pissed someone's trying to tell her story. But we don't even know what her story is. Right. Like we have no idea. We know nothing about other Audra than other than the fact that she was a crazy lady, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which may have just been 80s talk for a difficult woman. Well, right. Well, and that she gets out of control when she finds her husband cheating on her. So. Right. Yeah. She's probably crazy. Probably. A killer jumps out, she runs, and then she dresses a mannequin to confuse the killer. <laughs> yeah, girl. Classic. Yeah. Somehow knocks the killer down. I mean, I will say again, I'm happy I love this actress. I'm happy she's the yeah. final girl, sort of. But then it's also like, is it all just going to be in this fucking warehouse? Yeah. Um, and we have... It's, yeah. it's so weird. Sorry. Yeah, she knocks the killer down. She's going to take the mask off, and then the killer wakes up, so they have a little little tussle. And then she smacks the killer with a four by four, runs off, opens the door to a brick wall, and then just collapses in tears. Right. <laughs> it's not an exit. Right. And then she finds the, the ballerinas all strung up. She runs through a whole new world of curtains that just appeared out of right. nowhere. Uh, which I just love. This is clearly one room that they just keep redressing. Yes. She's just going in circles throughout. Yeah. 
I love it. And then she tucks herself up into uh, into a little duct uh, yeah. to hide out of the way. Here I was like, peculiar... I'm so excited that the only girl to get her boobs out is the cunning final girl. And then after that, I'm like, well, not cunning enough to stay in a good hiding spot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, she tried to taxi. Uh, the killer oh, picks up would... an axe from Stryker's director's chair, which I don't know what that's trying to say either. Yeah. Um, and then, he... yeah, the killer leaves. And this scene is so fucking dragged out it really <laughs> right. is i was like what is happening i really felt like i was playing hide and go seek again i was like oh, yeah. yeah do i come out what's happening i don't know and she waits i mean to be fair to her, she waits a while like a sensible person but then yeah. she comes out of hiding gets pulled back into the dark so we don't see the kill yet again mm-hmm. and instead we get way too many cutaways to all that b-roll they cut of all these things in this of fucking all the mannequin faces and the ballerina oh chick i know because apparently all the mannequins. other actors had left already by this point. Right. And again, we're sitting there and Tom's like, well, what's, what happens now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we go from here. No idea. But they do have an ace up their sleeve, to be fair. Uh, we have a POV that's approaching the comedy girl who's popping champagne in the kitchen. And then it's Samantha. So we're implying she's the killer. Right. Uh, did either of you two fall for that? Did you think Samantha's no. did no. it all? No. Although at this point, I thought that the comedy girl was Samantha's friend who busted her out of the insane asylum. Oh, oh, that, that is what I thought. All of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe they were like together in on it the whole time. And like comedy girl had to do the, the dirty stuff. And Samantha was trying to get the role or whatever. Oh, but it was not to be. I'll be honest. I wasn't overthinking it. Like I was really like, I, I, who knows? This is so fucking balmy. I knew it wasn't yeah. Samantha just because they show you her shooting someone. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I don't see Samantha skating out on ice like that. Yeah. I knew, I knew it wasn't Samantha, but I was also just like, at this point, it could just be like, I was expecting some like... The 11-year-old eighth, kid from the beginning. Exactly. Or some like <laughs> random that we've never even talked about before, the ghost yeah. of Audra. You know what I mean? Like, I knew it wasn't Samantha. I was like, it could, it could very well be the Joker girl, the comedian, right? But I wasn't really sold on that idea yet. I was because the movie's so fucking random. I was still like waiting for like Stryker to come back from the dead. I don't fucking know. But is it, I bet it does. In my opinion, it has a cool ending because we learn here. Well, there's kind yes. of two killers because yeah, it says I learned that an actress must always be in control. Turns out though, then through the conversation, as they have this great thing where they both think that they've done the killing, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they gradually realize, wait a second, the other one's also done the killing. And that the comedy girl doesn't know that Stryker is dead. And she's pissed because she did all the killing basically to eliminate the competition. Right. And be the only actor that Stryker would have to go with. Right. Which is insane <laughs> logic. Yes. yes. Whereas Samantha he, obviously was a crime of passion. Because he never says anything to the effect of, at the end of this two days, I will choose my Audra from you. So it could, he no. could have legit just been like, oh, it's none of you. We'll have to recast. Right. Like we'll do That's another. We do this every weekend. Yeah. This is fun. Happened. I get to sleep what with half the women. What keeps me from knowing that? Yes. Yep. So yeah. Nonsense. So then, comedy girl kills Samantha, and yeah, I really liked this ending the first time. I was like, oh, she's because she's an interesting character. She's mm-hmm. the one who kind of like you would not normally expect in a horror film to be the killer. I like that it's kind of a list two of them, and then we're gonna cut to her doing the same bit she basically did in the opening when we saw her doing stand up. Only now she's in an insane asylum. So we skip right. all the police. We skip her trying to run away. Right. We skip anything yep. else. Just right back to the asylum. Um, 
And then the curtains close on her and romantic music plays us out. So weird. Credits. So That's weird. It. That is curtains, guys. So what are, how did how did she get there? Like how is she in the audition ranking? How if she is actually a, like an insane Oh, are we saying that the whole thing was in her head? No, no. but some people are. I'm not. Okay, I'm yeah. going to take you through some facts and then in we my can head, hypothesize. I was, saying, I was thinking that she was in an insane asylum at one point and then got out and auditioned. No. But that doesn't so. track either. I think she got put in because she was, did all the murders. But some people do think it's all in her head. But yeah. Um, so eventually the director, Chupka, whatever we're saying his name, he left the film. Only 45 minutes of footage had been shot. Oh, wow. And wow. Simpson... The producer took over the shoot and decided that he would do it. Now, the final scene in the prop house was shot over a year after the initial production. What? That's insane. As was the murder scene between Samantha Egger and Lynn Griffin. There are deleted scenes, which include a backstory where Christy is emotionally rejected by her skating coach. That would have helped because that sets yep. up why she Daddy is so issues. susceptible to strikers advances. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, they would purposely wrote her to be vulnerable when rejected. They shot that scene two years after initial production and it didn't even end up in the fucking movie. What? Michael Wincott, Crowboy, was originally filmed being killed in a snowmobile that then crashed into the library, scaring Sandy Curry's character, but it was cut and he now just dies off screen in a hot tub. Crazy. <laughs> there was an alternate ending which had her monologue delivered on a theater stage surrounded by all of her dead victims, which they actually shot, I believe. But according to the editor, it was disregarded as Alana Simpson, the wife of the producer, felt it was too improbable that a, that a little girl like her would drag all these bodies to a theater what? stage. What? Hmm. Because that's the problem with this movie. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, I don't think she can lift those bodies. That, that mm-hmm. makes no sense to me. It's not the contribution that your husband artistically made. Right. Yeah, again, the doll scene, that's the first scene where you see the director uh, that had shot in the rain. Uh, None of the first 20 minutes was his or was even in the script, those first 20 minutes. And the last 15 minutes were completely brand new as well. So it's just that chunk in the middle, which is basically all the house stuff. That was the director. And again, as I keep saying, I'm not going to say I would love the film, but... That's where the film clearly lies. Let's give more time to that and those fucking bookends. Just get rid of them. The film was finally completed in 1982 and the director wanted his name detached from it. (laughs) Uh, But the producer wouldn't allow him to like, well, he would, but he wanted it to basically be like a middle finger to him. So he was like, fine, I'm going to call you Jonathan Stryker because he's a lecherous, terrible fucking asshole. Wow. And that's what I think of you. Wow. The director ended up doing advertising for 10 years to basically get over the experience of trying to make this film. Damn. Wow. It was released in 1983 in the US and 1984 in Canada. In Italy, it was renamed The Mask of Terror. And my particular favorite bit in renaming in Norway, it was called Death Count to Seven. (laughs) Which is a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, it really is. We know there's going to be seven bodies. Great. That's weird. <laughs> As well, when Tom was like, should we place bets on how many people die? Because it'd been a while since I'd last seen it. I was like, well, I just read what one of the uh, foreign language titles are for this, and it literally tells you. Yeah. It wasn't released on DVD until 2010, guys. That's why it just became a bit of a cult 
uh, classic. It was packaged in with a number of other B movie horrors from the twenty from the two thousands. So it was really weird. He had a bunch of like two thousand films, and then just this one shoved him. Oh, and it had a terrible VHS source presentation. But in twenty fourteen, we finally got restored by Synapse Films, which did this very lovely Blu ray um, and DVD. Uh, and I will say, it looks great. Like it's in good, good quality. Um, whatever they did to find the original prints and stuff. I'm just trying to look up to check that there were indeed seven kills because I'm not convinced that's even right. <laughs> I know that. Well, as I was just going through it, I was literally going through the numbers in my head. There are eight kills. Yeah, yeah. there <laughs> has kills, to be because. Yeah. I just <laughs> well, but if Matt's kill, if Matthew's kill is like out of cut out of the film, maybe that's where the seven dead. comes from. But we yeah, see but you We've see got Amanda, him dead. Christy, Lorian, yeah. Brooke, Jonathan Stryker, Matthew Burns, Tara, and Samantha all dead. Yeah, so there you go. Real hot mess. Kind of amazing. Oh got God. made. A very unique movie. I don't know. I mean, we'll see now with your final films. But yeah, some people do think it's all in her head at the end. I choose not to interpret like that. that yeah. We just missed another lump and she got taken in by the police and she's now in a mental institute for for doing that. The irony being probably closer to the role of Audra. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see in your, in your wind up. Wind up? Round up remarks but for me why i was kind of excited to talk about this movie because there's nothing quite like it yeah in the world <laughs> yeah yeah all right i think that's all the little facts so yeah let's just see how you guys felt let's start with shannon this week the added information that you just provided because obviously i didn't know any of that makes so much sense now because i'm watching like my notes especially my first round like looking th- at this film my notes on our it's so many of them start with capital what question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point and that's just kind of how i feel having watched it it's just what was this i don't know and so now knowing the backstory and the the problems with the making it like that makes so much sense to me because it does it feels like i'm cutting back and forth between two three maybe even four very different films (laughs) and that at some point and you saying that it was the producer that eventually stepped in and was like no this is how it's going to be it feels like that right it feels like a producer who's going no 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 these are the tropes that sell let's like let's make this a fun house let's make this like weird asylum thing that's how you set up a serial killer right we've seen this happen before like that's what it feels like so that makes so much more sense to me now understanding the turmoil of production on this film i do think there are some really in like the lines in this movie are incredible the like one-liners i also in my notes have so many of them written down of like yes like and i as you were saying katie i love like the ice skating girl that's walking there doing like i am audra i am audra like uh, that there's something that's so pure about that from like an actor standpoint like I really there is something that's like I feels interesting in how they are dealing with these actresses trying to get this role right and Mm -hmm. that's where that's where I feel the most like interested in the film is how their relationships work with one another or don't work with one another and to what lengths are they willing to go to to get this 
role, right? And I that's where I wish we knew more about them and knew more about like what getting this role would mean for them and why. And then that like sets up too that any one of them could be the killer. And that's what I really wanted to see is that any one of them could be the killer. Like I feel like there was so much set up that what's her face the lead actress from the beginning samantha eggers is that her name Uh Mm -hmm. samantha yeah yeah, samantha that she's we're led to believe that she's gone actually crazy and she's the killer and it's just her right or that it's the director and what i really would have been interested to see is a world in which it's any one of those actresses and maybe even multiple of those actresses that's why i agree al i love that last scene where neither one of them they both think they're talking about themselves being the killer and there's something that could be so cool about that right and even if like they stumbled on a body at some point and and in their brains are like i didn't kill this person who did you know what i mean like there's just i don't know there's a wealth of things that could be done with it and what was done with it is so for goddamn ridiculous <laughs> that it's hard <laughs> to take seriously in any capacity. And, you know, I just, I straight up don't think you should. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, take nothing about this film seriously. You know, as an actress, I loved all the, like, insider one-liners, you know, all is fair in love and auditions and all of that sort of stuff. I am here for that. And that's what I found the most entertaining and the most interesting. All the rapiness of this film was so cringy. Even whenever it was consensual, it's just cringy and odd and feels out of place then in a weird way. Um, and it's also one of those things where, like, now with 2020 lenses, I it could be an opportunity to say something about that or say, and it just feels devoid of a message, and which is even worse then, right? Because then it just feels like, no, this was just totally acceptable behavior to some degree, and that's worse. So yeah, I can't say that I liked it or didn't like it. I don't, I still to this, in this moment, don't know what to think of this film at all. But it is one of those things where there's something there. There's a skeleton of something that's interesting to me, right? And then it just like, like somebody put too many things in the stew, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, whatever analogy you want. And that's, what it feels like and therefore I'm left going like what am I supposed to take from this film (laughs) like what 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 question mark (laughs) exclamation point question mark exclamation point that is that's what I get from this that's that's your star rating that is my star rating exclamation mark what (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah that's it all right Katie oh man what so I recently spent some time with family and I was on the phone with one of my nieces who tells the best stories. They make zero sense, but she, (laughs) she's like so excited when she's telling her stories, but she'll start off with like, so there was this one guy and it wasn't yesterday. It was, it was before then. And he has blue hair. And so she'll just jump all over to these points that make no, and you're like, yeah, yeah. What happened with the guy? Well, 
so remember it wasn't yesterday and and i'm like <laughs> yes what happened and then at the end she'll be like so i just wanted to know if i could have a sprite and i'm like i'm like what the hell are you talking about i don't what and so this to me was very similar and that it felt like glued together but not in a cohesive way and it more like duct taped i guess together and illuminating facts coming from al because i was completely out of and i've seen this movie before and it's still i think i think it's a different film when i first start watching it and then i'm like <laughs> oh my god this is the one i can never remember what's gonna happen because it's right. literally unintelligible slosh together jargon like i don't know what to do with this i also agree with what shannon was saying in that you're dealing with some very sensitive topics and so when you don't know what you're trying to say with them it actually mm -hmm. comes out very offensive because if you're going to jump down that deep of a crevasse you have to know how to get yourself out of it and these people don't they just are jumping into things and then popping back out without reflecting on it without giving these characters anything to really latch on to i agree with what samantha said post of this where she said you know the characters are vague and i think this is a you know it doesn't make any sense because you're in such sensitive deep relevant territory and you're you're doing nothing with it and it almost it's like when i eat some it's like again your reference to too many people like too many things in a stew it's like when you have something and you're eating it and you're like all the elements in this are great but you did you didn't bring it together and it actually makes me angry when mm -hmm. something gets so many things right but then so many that it's just like not pulling it together and it's it's almost offensive to screenwriters and directors and people who do make films that this like yeah a skeleton of something exists that it's like so frustrating because there's so much good stuff in here and it's done. It's just dealt with so recklessly. And I I genuinely had no idea where it was going, which I guess is refreshing. But like this is begging for, in my opinion, for somebody with authority and with recognition of what it is to be in the acting world, to have to really push yourself for those roles, to see where we're at now, to do something with this, I think. Like, I think there's so much good stuff here. I really do but this is not the good stuff like this is little fragments of gems so so i'm it's frustrating i'm like mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm not disagree i agree with pretty much everything you guys are saying i think it just comes down to like how that seesaw balances at the end of the day yeah you know? so it's like for me again i've watched so many fucking slasher films and i just i get and i watch them because i enjoy that fluff it's you know it's, it's very comforting for me um, not for shannon yet yeah um, no, not at all not but, at all <laughs> but i it just most of them are just boring most of them are just like photocopy boring things so as soon as there's something different in the slasher world i'm like okay like i'm just happy you're doing trying something even if you fall flat on your ice skating face and this <laughs> film is like yeah once you know all these pieces it makes sense it's like the producer's chunks reek of someone who has nothing to say and they're just going through the motions and they don't really know how to do it and it's like barely serviceable but weirdly does make the most sort of sense i guess and then you get this middle chunk which is exactly what it is which are like here's 45 minutes or so of footage that we have we don't have more 
for whatever reason the producer decided let's not flesh that out maybe they You're lost right. the house by that point and instead it's like all right we'll just take all the scenes that you did shoot even though there's no interconnecting tissue and just edit them together and then we'll do these bookends yeah and it's so fascinating that it can exist like that and it makes it yeah hard to judge because like what is the director's full vision because i like all the stuff the actual director that middle chunk that they're trying to talk about i'm not going to say they would have done a masterful film certainly not but at least a much more interesting film and i am going to disagree like for me it isn't more offensive and i don't be the only guy who's like more okay with some of that stuff which makes me not come off i'm actually not show, offended but- by the like consent the con- consenting rape thing like it didn't make any sense to me but i was like okay fine but it's like and at least they didn't show him you know raping a very young girl like they did edit around some of that stuff but well this is my thing is like it's 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 more offensive for me for sure again when a film like the burning knows what it's trying to say and says it right and i'm like i am not comfortable with the message that you were giving me in this film whereas Mm -hmm. a film like this do they do it as responsibly or adultly or follow through no would they if they had the rest of the footage that the director was going to shoot i doubt it but who knows but it does the right i do like shannon was saying like i do think yes this works in the commentary of like the very sort of broad in your face commentary of what they're talking about with actors and fighting for roles and doing whatever they have to and the innocence and sort of like naivety of that particularly in the 80s and it's never seemed sexualized to me like none of it seems sexual to me at all nothing in this film other than these women are attractive you know that's it mm-hmm. And so like when I come back and I see that shot, particularly that shot of Stryker there, and then the shot of Stryker later in bed smoking, it's like, it's, the one of him smoking just seems hilarious because of the way it's set up. Right. But the one of him there with the skating girls, like, it's genuinely shocking. And it actually is, feels more disturbing than it even needs to. Like mm-hmm. with context, you could have made that less disturbing, but just how she looks just like, just rattled up like that. And you, you make up smeared and just... And she's 18, but they make her just feel younger than she is. Mm-hmm. Like in the, it's, It is upsetting. So again, I'm not saying it's, it's succeeding at what it's... Or if it's even trying to do the things it should be with those scenes. But I definitely don't find it more offensive than other slasher films where it's just like you're just throwing stuff in the air because you find that titillating, you know? This doesn't feel rapey titillating. Even the rape play scene doesn't feel titillating. No. All, which is bizarre. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of really love this film because of everything you guys are saying because it is a mess and it's unique and I love all the ideas whether they meant for them to be there or not. I think there's so much yeah you could do with this. And that excites the hell out of me. Um and and I do think the killer looks cool. Like I think it's actually a really creepy looking killer which is rare in mm-hmm. slash movies like the mask is great even in broad daylight. It's just unfortunate there are no kills to go with like that. That's a huge problem with this movie. But yeah, just as a unique thing, I'm going to be interested when we get to the end of this series, I'm going to ask you guys, like, which is the film? If you had to rewatch one of them, which one would you watch? And for me, this is going to be one of the ones high up on there, even though other films I think are better than this. Just because this is like, I'm always kind of enjoying watching it because it's so weird. Particularly if I'm watching it with someone else, someone new. Mm-hmm. To like, just see someone's reaction as they're like, what, what, <laughs> what just happened? It's like, yeah, just wait. The next scene will be even weirder. Yeah. And that's just a ride that I kind of, enjoy i guess because i'm tired of the formula but next week we'll get back to the formula so i was honestly hoping at the very end that once the two women realized that they had like taken everybody else out that samantha 
since she is the veteran, would take over as director since she technically still owned that IP Mm -hmm. and be like, I'm the director now and you are Audra. Like, you are fucking insane. And then it's like, we don't need this bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot lot you could do. There's Mm -hmm. so much. And I also agree with what Shannon was saying where I feel like it could have been multiple women, like not realizing that everyone's kind of doing the same thing. I think that, mm-hmm. that there's a lot to be said there too. Yeah. So. Well, guys, thank you yeah. uh, for watching weird movies. I'm going to tease next week's one in a minute, but before we do that, please do subscribe and rate us and share us if you can. It really, honestly, we do all this for, I don't know why. Why do we do it? I have no reason. Uh, yeah. Let's not ask that question. Let's not poke yeah. that back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like watching so, yeah. these films. Me too. I love watching them. It's just like, and with this one, it yeah. was worth doing the notes because I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. But some of the films, it's like, all right, they did. I don't care the stuff <laughs> how they made this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I'm kidding. It's a it's a pleasure giving free audio content to you guys every single week. I hope you're enjoying it. Please, yeah, do subscribe though and rate us. It does it does help us get found, which makes our lives a little bit more validated in what we're doing. And we all need validation, don't we, Shannon? Uh constantly. This is this Katie is a no film about actresses, so yes. <laughs> in this realm, not really, but yeah, it's like but semi-regular basis. Semi-regular basis in other realms. I know it's the, the use the... of the term realms that makes me think that, like in other worlds, that Katie visits. <laughs> she Katie's needs... taking up World of Warcraft. You, you, like you don't know my whole life, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what I what I quantum leap into, right? There are lots of closets um, in my house, Shannon. You don't know which one I is. I know just, which you one's know, the portal. The realm jumper, <laughs> right? And do go and listen. Go scrub back a couple of weeks, and you can listen to our f- fucking nearly five-hour movie episode of 2019, oh where yes. us three and a few other people lose the will to I live. I get tired yes. just thinking of doing that. Like I know. reflecting on having done. We're that. meant to do a game one, and then Alex's schedule changed like three weeks in a row, and I think now we've had to scrap it. His last one, he's like, "Oh yeah, that changed again." I was like, "I'm done. <laughs> I'm yeah. not doing this anymore." I had a. I mean, I you could just do it with Aida James. The other night. He's sitting here doing nothing. Do you want to just do it right now? That's true. Yeah, we'll do that. There you go. It'll be quicker. I had dinner yeah. with Aida we'll the I mean, other night. And she's up. like, she asked me about that podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, it took so long. And she's like, well, what were you talking about? I was like, oh, the best films of the 2019. And she's like, well, which one? Which ones did you guys choose? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. I was like, I, I don't, don't really remember. <laughs> well, and afterwards, Neither. I had like moments of panic where I turned to James and I was like, I was very opinionated about people and <laughs> that I would love to work with. At some point, I'm going to, and all this is going to resurface, and I'm going to like lose jobs. So I just want a blanket statement. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are, you are very clear to backtrack on every opinion that you gave during the podcast. <laughs> I had to fear at one point, which is like, uh, I'm not going to get to work with most of the people in bad mouth, but I was also like, if I'm bad mouthing them again, we made that stipulation. It's, I'm saying they did a bad job there. It doesn't mean this person's always doing a bad job. It doesn't mean yeah. they can't U-turn in the future. Like my opinions on people can change. But yeah. also, if I really don't like someone and the work they're doing, I don't want to work with them. Well, <laughs> like, and I would also, I am oftentimes more critical of the things that I that are objectively good right because there'll be like Mm -hmm. moments in there that it's like ah you're objectively good but you could be objectively great right and those are the things that then like make me go off (laughs) sure sure you don't want to work with anyone that's what we want exactly well listen it's probably never happening anyway (laughs) 
next week we are going to get back to the formulas um i'm not gonna lie 1984 not a great year for slashes there's quite a lot but nothing that is incredible and if you're listening and shouting at me again get your own podcast yeah. uh but we'll go through them next week of the different slash films that i got to pick from i or have you chosen can email us or tweet at us that's true you can you send know. us some messages send us a little fuck you um, at wearegeeks.com yeah that's true sorry yeah we should do a uh, fucking hell man i'm so out of it i'm I mr l white on everything including back. xbox <laughs> including playstation including instagram and twitter and other things i think yeah stuff uh shannon where can people say thanks shannon we don't want to work with you either uh on instagram as shannon hollander or on twitter at my fave shannon but you know i don't really uh check that so that's where you can say you don't want to work with me because i won't ever notice it and it won't break my heart you should put that you do want to work with shannon on twitter and then she'll be real upset in three months when she finally checks it i miss all these jobs (laughs) god damn it (laughs) katie where can attractive uh, actresses send you uh their food uh recipes what that's very specific i know because you keep inundating my inbox with wonderful videos of her being a nice person and well knowledgeable of food and i'm not comfortable with this you either i don't know if she proved she was well knowledgeable vogue got her to eat i think it was vogue got her to eat 11 british things in a beautiful outfit looking gorgeous like wearing like in one outfit more money than i will ever have in my whole life and also knows how to make ice cream from scratch like get away from me florence Pugh. she accidentally dips her outfit in like one of the sauces of the british food and then in her little purse handbag thing she brings out one of those dab pens and immediately starts dabbing yeah probably because she doesn't own that top (laughs) right exactly we're like she's gotta give that back I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I'm so, I don't know if I've ever seen someone where we saw in Lady Macbeth and I was like, this person's fucking incredible. And then within a three year bracket has just, well, I mean, really within a 12 month bracket, yeah. it's just skyrocketed. It's kind of insane. Like yeah. within one year, what her career has done. Yeah. Florence Pugh, if you want to keep rubbing my nose in it, I'm at my dearest Watson <laughs> on Instagram, um, where I also make food. What up? And then at Watson dearest <laughs> on Twitter. So, there if there's go. one thing I know about Florence Pugh is that she listens to every podcast covering curtains. Yes, <laughs> for sure, hundred percent. Sure. That's a absolutely understood. Hundred percent. Everyone tweet at Florence Pugh and tell her to listen to this specific episode. Yeah, just be like, um, have you at Florence Pugh listened to the Curtains podcast yet? It's wonderful. Yeah, right. And also, if you're listening to this and you think, oh, I love Florence Pugh. She was great in Midsummer. She's going to be great in what, Black Widow. What's the other film mm-hmm. she did this year? Little Women. Little Women. The, little women go and watch fucking lady Macbeth. she's yeah. absolutely insane and that movie cost under a million dollars it's a yeah. fantastic fantastic she movie. is wunderbar next week though guys the initiation is what i've chosen dun, dun, i only i normally tease with a couple of facts number one fact i'm going to say what a poster i am sending it to you guys right now on our whatsapp chat oh it's a good one um uh, better oh. than the movie oh <laughs> i encourage people to go on to be and check it out it is a woman in a nightie that it's kind of sculpted to look like a candle with a oh. flame in her head as wax is melding and her hands holding her it's crazy it's yeah crazy. also Love like it. a penis that's it's giving me very yeah. big dick stroking vibes oh yeah <laughs> you do what you gotta do they pledge um, themselves to be young to stay young and die young I don't know if they played just the last bit, but yeah, I don't know. 
The synopsis on IMDb is, while trying to understand a frightening reoccurring nightmare, a pledge is coaxed into breaking into her father's department store by her sorority sisters, where oh, a deranged shit. killer targets the girls and their boyfriends. Oh. So we can get some male deaths, don't worry. We have Vera Miles in this movie, who is in Psycho. Oh. Yeah. And the lead in this movie... This is what I'm going to leave you with, although I don't think it'll mean much to you, Shannon. I'm not sure. Is Daphne Zuniga, who was the lead with John Cusack, the Coos himself in The Sure Thing. She is oh. the one he does the road trip oh. with. Oh! Yeah! Nice. So, for extra homework, if you're listening at home, go watch The Sure Thing before you watch The Initiation, because that's a great movie. She's also in Spaceballs, The Fly 2, a whole bunch of stuff. Oh! I um, love Spaceballs. I'm intrigued with how you feel next week we'll get to the initiation as we crawled in 1984 and gradually wade our way through the 80s the end is still a long way off guys a long way off oh man oh man i'm almost born let's get there let's get there Mm -mm. until then thanks for listening we're out geeks geeks